Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Terran Show. This is a, a, a special intro because I got on the call with my guest this week, and we just kind of started talking and uh, never really started the podcast. Just, she's, look, this, she's very talkative. It happens. So uh, I want to welcome everyone to this very special guest. Very excited about talking to her because she was recently almost on Big Brother Canada 6. It's Kirsten McKinnis. Let's get into it because this is a good one. I'm telling you guys, it's fun. Check it out. Although you're already checking it out, but continue. Continue to check it out and stuff. Let's go. He's not human. He is like a machine. Making more podcasts than you've ever seen. He was never programmed for a life because the show is the extent of his social life. It's the Terry Show. Don't ask if he's single, you already know Cause it's a Terran show A simple name For a simple guy with a simple face It's the Terran show So how are you? How's your week? How's life? What's up? <laughs> Good, uh, going to Reno uh, in a few days Oh, that's exciting I know um, when I went out with Kevin Martin He was really excited about Reno So yes. that fun Should be fun, hopefully yeah. And you like go and like play poker there, right? Yeah, that's what I did last time. Um, I ended up uh, winning some money. So, so like, what happened was I won a tournament last time, and so I, I won like six hundred dollars. Uh, and I was like, "This is awesome!" And so now I feel like I almost don't want to play again because I don't want to lose my <laughs> positive <laughs> money. <laughs> You're not meant to be a gambler. <laughs> I'm really not. Yeah, but like poker isn't like poker is gambling, but it's not like really gambling yeah because as and long it, as you like know your your stuff yeah and and like i i love poker like i i use i play it all the time um and i really just i look at it as like i'm spending money to do a thing like not like i'm potentially gonna win money so then once i actually win money it challenges that perception and i'm like well now i want to keep the money that i won <laughs> otherwise it invalidates the win well that's like i was trying to learn like i know like the basics but i'm not like i don't know everything and i'm like i learn by doing so i was like okay well i'll pop like five dollars onto poker stars that's just like to learn and i'll just play like the one and two cent tables but at that point you're not really learning how to play because everyone just is an idiot yeah and they're like it's like oh why not go all in on this stupid card because i it's 30 cents and it's like you, i didn't learn anything and i was like well cool that was stupid like what are yeah. you doing <laughs> online is tough yeah well um, and it's like the only people i know like i don't know that many people who actually like enjoy playing poker and it's like i have one friend who like he has like a pure math degree and he's like really good like he went to vegas for a vacation and he won enough money playing poker that it paid for his trip um and like he doesn't he just casually plays he's just like understands all the statistics and everything and he was like yeah we i only play for real money it's like okay like thanks well he was the same guy i tried to get him to teach me how to play chess and he was like we're just gonna play and i'm not gonna tell you the rules and i'm not gonna tell you why what you're doing is wrong or what is right and i was like this isn't helpful to anybody it's the opposite of teaching like you're <laughs> literally just beating me at chess and not explaining why <laughs> like this isn't helpful like what are you doing i haven't i haven't watched uh many of kevin's streams lately but i know uh when he uh a while ago when he was streaming he used to like really talk out every decision he made um 
which I don't think might that be good. he is streaming right now. I think he's taking some time off. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, yeah, because he's. I think he's taking some time off because um, he can. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like why I would take time off too if I could. It's a it's a rough uh, business from what I heard from the people at Reno last time. Like like you really have to like put yourself into it and like stream nonstop. Like Arlie, like Arlie is like an animal. Like how do you yeah. stream that many days straight for so long? It's just crazy. Well, when you have a castaway beard, you know he's just, and he's happens. not cutting it. Like he's. Like, I think Kevin, like, dared him not to cut his hair for a year. Yeah. And he's, like, done. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't, like, from an aesthetic perspective, I don't like it. But from a humor perspective, I'm oh, yeah. all in, which is, like, <laughs> I do things because they're funny the majority of the time. And then it's, like, I have to dress myself. And I'm, like, why do I have this T-shirt that says carbs on it? What What am I supposed to put this with? Or, like why do I have this shirt with neon pink cats all over it? Like, why did I spend $40 at the gap on this? And I was like, Oh, cause it was funny. <laughs> like this, yeah. this shirt I'm wearing right now, the pocket is cats. <laughs> why? <laughs> cause you can, I can't wear it. Like I can't wear it anywhere. Like, <laughs> the stupidest. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Oh my God. And that's like, once I called into like Facebook Friday and Rob was like, what's on your shirt? And I was like, uh, it's Joey and Chandler from friends and party hats. And it says hipster. <laughs> this is embarrassing for everybody. It's uh, it's, it's like uh, casual avant-garde. <laughs> I don't even like, I think that's being too nice. Like <laughs> it's basically just like, I live like I'm a, uh, just a six year old child when I'm at home. And then I go out and I like make an effort. I don't yeah. even know. It's just I think that's how most people operate, to be fair. Uh, I've got an interesting collection. (laughs) Well, you know, different people are different versions of six-year-olds, but I think everyone is their own version of six-year-olds. What is the the grouping of six-year-olds? You need to classify everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I go, that one's having a temper tantrum. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which that's fortunate. I don't really have temper tantrums, which is uh, the part of being a child you don't want. Definitely. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I, like, got really mad. Oh, I remember the last time I got, like, really mad, and it is because our filing cabinet was broken at work because they were putting non-hanging files in a cabinet made for hanging files, and the it got stuck because of it, and our maintenance coordinator was like, we'll just turn it on its side to get the door open, and I was envisioning all of the files flying everywhere, and I had to walk away. <laughs> I can't, I can't watch this happening. I can't watch it. can't do it. I walked away and then I came back and it fortunately wasn't too bad, but I literally like, it was like, you know how you see like in the grocery store, like the toddler and they just like lay are laying on the ground. Like, why did this happen to me? And their kids, mm-hmm. their moms like, ignoring them because they don't want to reinforce it. I like literally just like laid down on the floor at work. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Cause everyone's already mad that we have to like do filing. Like my staff complain about it constantly. They're like, why can't this be electronic? Like, it's like there's legal requirements that some things have to be a paper copy. I'm sorry. There you go. Can't have a Blade Runner 2049 happening. You're not going to be able to use science fiction references on me because I hate <laughs> science fiction. I'm sorry to break it to you. That is preposterous. You're a There's, monster. I'm trying to think of anything science fiction that I have consumed media-wise that I didn't hate. Does Slaughterhouse-Five count? Sure, yeah. Okay, that's, that's the only one. 
<laughs> I was going to say that I feel like we accidentally started the podcast, um, but I don't know if we can release the audio of you hating on sci-fi because that's just uh, people are going to they're just going to turn on you and they're going to hate you. Um, I feel like I don't have to prove anything to anyone. <laughs> they, they don't want to vote me into TV. They don't have to love me. It's fine. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I think uh, I think probably every single person listening to this <laughs> podcast voted you. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a very good point. Um, Or they're hate listening, which is really the ultimate victory because they're choosing to waste their time listening to something they don't enjoy. Yeah. uh, In order to make fun of it. And that, you know, that's the real win. I've listened to every episode of The Taryn Show. I haven't skipped any of them. Wow. When I got back, the order of podcasts I caught up on was My Favorite Murder and then The Taryn Show. And now I'm on to patron stuff. I, I'm very honored. <laughs> and I uh, I wasn't, like, there was only a couple that I was going to, like, prioritize. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm in the mood for this. Like, I really enjoy the long-form interviews. Um, very, and I, I was, like, in my car, and I was like, oh, I feel like I have to respond to this, but I'm not. I'm in my car. <laughs> Just talking like a crazy person to the podcast, right? Like... It happens. I was you know? die when um you're one with Adam when you were talking about emojis and how you like want to be an emoji person. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, I can help I was like, I can help him. I can teach him about emojis. <laughs> like I use so many emojis. And the trick is you have to no longer care if people think you're a fucking moron. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this this whole this whole podcast uh, is going to be you training me on emojis, right? Like, this is what we're doing. That's what we're here for, and that's okay. what the audience wants. It's truly riveting uh, podcasting to hear about. You know, oh, wait, you do you have an iPhone or do you have an Android? Android. Okay, perfect. Pixel. We have the same emojis. Good. Because um, they I, they recently uh, upgraded from the blobs, which I was very happy about. Which phone do you have? Uh, a Pixel. Okay. I almost got a Pixel and then I went with the S7 Edge because I just went in with being like, I want one of these two phones. Which one should I get? And the guy was like, I like the Samsung. And I can't remember what reasons he gave because it's been almost a year. But I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. But now I like I think I might have to go back to Apple because I think I'm too stupid to have an Android because I somehow got some sort of adware on my phone this week. Oh, no. And I'm like, like, Kirsten, like. You're like, what did you do? Like, I didn't download any apps. Like, and I realized like the first day it was happening. I was like, this is weird. And then the second day it was happening. I was like, okay, but why did this happen? And then I went to like, click one of those random link articles on Facebook. And I was like, Kirsten, this is how this happened. You're like, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Like, what's wrong with you? So I tried yesterday, like clearing the cache and everything to see if that would fix it. But it did not fix it. And now I have to do a hard reset on my phone. Oof. And I really do. Because after I did the cache reset, the adware stopped being like, warning, your phone has a virus. Click here to get rid of the virus. And turned into hardcore porn. <laughs> and I'm not interested. <laughs> I like opened my like Facebook and then like a window popped up and it was just like vaginas. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then of course, like my boyfriend, like his degrees in computer science. And so I was like trying to get rid of it. And he was like, what did you do? Are you sure this wasn't his doing? Uh, no, I know. I'm pretty sure it wasn't his doing. He's not a hacker. Although like, 
one of my staff, he's doing computer science right now. He got a fucking RFID chip embedded in his wrist that he likes to program to put Rick Astley clips on people's phones around what? him. And maybe someone did that. Maybe someone did a uh, an RFID thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. People are getting RFID chips uh, embedded in their skin now. I, I heard about that a while ago, but I didn't think it was like something that people actually did. Okay, do people do it? I don't think so. <laughs> I think this guy's like uh, a bit of an edge case. I yeah, I went away. The first thing that any of my staff said to me when I came back to the office after all of this is they were like, "Have you seen James yet?" And I was like, "No." Like I see James once a month. He's always at the other desk. And they were like, "He got a bunch of piercings and he got a chip implanted." You know, <laughs> now now that you mentioned piercings, I guess it's not that weird if you look at it from a historical perspective. You know. People putting metal into their bodies and they're just putting chips into their bodies. It's the same thing. He Well, he's putting chips in to troll people at the <laughs> current moment. So I think it is well, weird. It always starts it, somewhere. It has to start. Okay. Well, I mean, and it's I guess usually it with porn, but. That's, well, I don't get it though. Like I'm, it's like you always talk like with people about how like you're jealous of the future and you want all this crazy technology. And I'm like, I don't want that. We're like opposite. <laughs> Um, cause I'm like, like, you were talking, it was with Kevin, right? We were talking about like putting your consciousness in a computer so you could like live forever. Yeah. I feel like that is horrible and stupid. And if your consciousness <laughs> is living forever, there's no point in being alive. Well, you, <laughs> you could always choose to not be alive if that's what you decide, right? It's not like you're forced to, to continue on. I don't know. It's just, it's too sad. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I don't like it. It's just like, like he was like, look at my RFID chip, like touch it. And I was like, I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> um, and I was like, like you do you like have fun, but I don't get it. Don't yeah. Get it. yeah. Well, you're right to have not touched it. Cause that's actually how he gets the consciousness into you and starts slowly taking over everyone's bodies. I didn't even think of that. It's cause I don't. It's cause you're not a robot. Sci-fi. <laughs> oh yeah that too well yeah you'd actually be surprised people call me a robot often there you go um i think of myself as an, as an emotional wreck because in the terms of my family i am but i am known as dead inside to most people <laughs> <laughs> why do people think you're dead inside well it's i'm like i've like really trained myself at like not always showing a reaction um, I try to keep my emotional outburst to myself. Uh, it's like that thing where it's like, if you have to cry, like go outside. Um, don't, don't like involve it. Like I, I don't like, uh, like I'm extremely nervous about this because I don't like making myself vulnerable. Um, it's weird. Like I, like I'll give you like service level bullshit all day, but it, uh, it takes a lot to, to get me to actually talk about things because it's just like my family like doesn't do that. Like it's like my mom passed away last year and my dad will not talk about it in like a phone call or face to face only over text message. Will he open up about like something being wrong? Like last week would have been their 31st wedding anniversary. And I was like texting my dad and I was like, like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, it was a, it, it was a rough week. And like, my friends want me to go out, but I just didn't want to go out. Like I sometimes need to be alone. And I was like, this is the most emotionally available. My dad has ever been in my entire life. Like it was, it was kind of weird. It's just not what we do. Do you feel like you are the same way that you uh, are able to open up more in text? Oh, 100%. And I feel like you probably would agree with that. Like being like a child of the nineties, like growing up on like the Neopets chat boards and like <laughs> talking. To I did do Neopets. I fucking, I still have a Neopets account and I occasionally oh log in to play the flash games. I, and you know what? 
I'll own it here. Let's see how old my Neopets account is. Neopets taught me how to play uh, uh, BS. I Did the you just game. say BS? I'm pretty sure that's what it's called, the card game. Yeah, it's called bullshit. You can say well, shit, right? No, but on Neopets, it was <laughs> no, BS, it was cheat I think. on Neopets. Oh, it was cheat. That's what it was. I knew Not it was something <laughs> weird. It was something like sanitized. My Neopets account is 14 years old. And I had an older one, but it got frozen because they thought I was cheating, but I wasn't even cheating. So I'm still salty about it. Were you, were you somebody that like would be on the, the Neopets forums, like opening up to people emotionally? Is that like what was going on? No, my thing is not like, I'm like, I'm better at opening up emotionally over text, but I would never be the one doing it. I just find that I am normally very good at getting other people to open up. And I use those skills on Neopets to get people's passwords to steal (laughs) from you. (laughs) You're a monster. I know. You're the Neopets hacker. I taught some children some very important life lessons about sharing their account information. Yeah, so basically, I'm just a bad person. Um, But like, I wouldn't like actually ever steal real things, which is like, I don't understand what was wrong with me as a child that I was like, I need these fake dollars so much that I will steal them from somebody else. Like you just play flash games and you get more. It like, it doesn't matter at all, but it mattered a lot to me. And I was Let like, me, I'm you are, you are bringing back uh, a, like tra- traumatic memories for me. Uh, when I played RuneScape and uh, I still I still feel the pangs of guilt to this day because I was playing RuneScape. I was I was a, a noob. I I didn't have a lot of gold, and I was just minding my own business. And this this other person, they died right next to me, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna loot their body and see what they had." And they had like 40k of gold, and it was that's like an insane amount of gold for me in that in in that at that time. I don't I don't know if it's an insane amount of gold in RuneScape now, but. I was like, oh my God. And I just immediately took it and started walking away. And it was right near the spawn point. So this person w- immediately ran back and was like, no, where's my gold? Who took it? Can, please, can I have it back? Please, please, whoever it was. And I just, I just silently walked away. And, I, and you are the first person I've ever told because I felt so guilty about it. <laughs> I see, see what I mean? I got you to open up. See? You, right? you would have been the person that stole that gold from me in a scam on your escape. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, does your guild need a website layout? I'll do it. And then when you send me the password to your free webs page and I notice you put a bunch of spaces in it, I'll be like, I bet that's the real best password. <laughs> Let's give it a try. I'm a monster. Yeah. I don't normally I don't normally talk about uh Neopets so much. Or yeah. the fact that I was a rotten thief. The worst was though I had this close friend, like me and like my like I'm just, like, I'm a, like a big loser. I've always had always have been, and like my like close friends all also played Neopets because we were like twelve in two thousand and four. So that was still probably too late to be playing Neopets, whatever. <laughs> um, and they like, do you remember those like record little re- like tape recorders where you could record like audio onto a cassette tape? It's like the first time anyone heard their own voice and like was mortified about it. I don't know if I ever did that. We, I had a friend who had one and she was like, we could set it, we could hide it and we could like trick this girl Morgan into telling us like her Neopets password. And I was like, this seems crazy, but okay, I'm in, let's do it. And then her mom came to our mom and was like, 
we know they took Morgan's meal points. I was like, I don't know what they're talking about, mom. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> I might be a sociopath. It's fine. It's possible. It's it's not impossible. Have you ever done um, the personality assessment where it like te- checks like what it, it's like Machiavellianism and dark traits test? What's it called? I think it's dark traits test. Dark triad personality test. Ooh. And it measures your Machiavellianism for manipulative attitude, your narcissism, and your psychopathy. So, like, lack of empathy. Oh, my. Um, I did that test shortly before I left for Big Brother, and I was not stoked with the results. I was like, I'm a bad person, and I, like, need to make a change. (laughs) (laughs) Which one were you? Well, like, my Machiavellianism was, like, in the 70th percentile, and my psychopathy was at like around like the 40 to 50th percentile and like narcissism was like 38 percent which like all of those are like pretty high percentiles compared to like the average population who's like good humble people who like like, i don't even know it's or they're just better at hiding it well i mean i'm gonna be honest if i'm doing a personality assessment because i want to know also, I don't think people are generally very honest. I, I think they can be in some in some regards if they're looking for an identity. But if they're looking to reaffirm their identity, I think they're lying often. Oh, I just always want to know. Like, I just want to know what people like, not what people, but like, like, I'm always like I did like my degrees in political science, but I did most of my stuff in like the political philosophy realm, which is like more about like, like how, like, how does society form? And like, what's a good society and like stuff like that. And I feel like that is just like a broad, like a, a projection of my interest in like people and like what people are like. And so I'm always really interested. Like I do Myers-Briggs like three times a year, even though it's like a total bullshit test, just because I like seeing like, does it change? Like if I'm like totally depressed, like I get a totally different answer than when I'm like, in a normal mood and I just find it like I make everyone do Myers-Briggs I'm like what's your what's your thing what's your Myers-Briggs you've done Myers-Briggs right I I did one a while ago but I don't remember what it was um I was actually just talking to uh Talita about this because I just listened to a hidden brain podcast that was all about uh personality tests called the sorting hat um because that was one of the the things they talked about BRB um, I'm downloading it immediately <laughs> yeah it's well it's interesting <laughs> like right uh, like literally my phone is out of downloading it <laughs> I'm gonna lose it when I do a hard reset on my phone to get rid of the porn but that's yeah. fine what's it called right. uh, the podcast is called hidden brain and the episode was called the sorting hat I think brain. do you think now like you're obviously very interested in like psychology and like people do you come from a background of like you're interested in people because you don't understand them and you want to understand them or because you have a strong understanding and you want to like be better and help? Uh, I mean, I would certainly like to think it's the uh, the 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 second one. Um, I I always felt like I, I could understand people uh, or at least I hoped that I did. Um, and I always wanted to uh, <clears throat> like I always wanted to correct the wrongs in my childhood by helping other children. And I wanted, so I wanted to be a child psychologist. Um, and then I gave up on, uh, being altruistic and I became a podcaster. That's like child psychology is some heavy shit. I have a friend who's finishing up her PhD in school psychology and she's doing her research in, uh, military children and military families. Um, and she like is miserable because she's been in school like for fucking ever and also it's like all you see is like depressing shit because i know because she came to me like i come from a military house so she like wanted to know 
like more about my experience and if I thought there was value in her research. And I was like, dude, like it fucks you up. Like they, they need you. Like, well, and that's like what you, that's like the conclusion that you come to, right? When you like come into adulthood is like, you have to be patient with yourself and kind to yourself and you have to kind of do what's gonna, like, obviously you want to do things that are going to help the world and like be a good person. Like you don't want to actively make the world a worse place, but you also have to be like, do what makes it so that you can stay in the world and like do your stuff. Yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. Kind and patient to yourself. That's like my, my whole thing this year is like, being nicer to myself and like, just calm down. Like take, like, I don't have chill. I've never had chill in my life. I'm like trying to find my chill. We'll <laughs> yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, let's, um, you know, yes. now that we're like, uh, 34, five minutes into the oh, podcast, sorry. um, <laughs> not your fault. <laughs> let's, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, hello everyone. And welcome to the Taryn show. Um, with me today is, Kirsten McInnes, who recently was uh, a, a, a potential contestant for Big Brother Canada 6, um, and uh, unfortunately uh, was not voted in, and as we all know, that's uh, bullshit. Um, <laughs> and uh, she is here with me now to talk about uh, life and stuff. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. It's going to be... Uh... An interesting experience because I'm sure everyone only cares about like the potential gate crasher thing and I can't talk about any of it. So sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, um, at this point, uh, again, theoretically, they are 35 minutes into the podcast. So uh, hopefully. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, what have we talked about? I don't know. What's going to come back to haunt me in a few days? <laughs> uh nothing nothing uh we we've we've only talked about wonderful things um but uh uh how how are you feeling kirsten we're uh we're a couple of weeks out from uh from the obviously disappointing results here yes obviously disappointed not the outcome i was hoping for um but like at the end of the day like this is almost better because I didn't like go in and mess up and get a ton of public ridicule. I'm getting overwhelming support compared to like a very small amount of, of hate. Uh, whereas I feel like if I'd gone in, they probably would have found out about my sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> like, oh, She's the worst. Get her fired from her job. So it's, I mean, it's obviously not better because I like watching the show. I like can see like, I did fit into this cast and I could get along with these people. And so that's like difficult, obviously, but it's like, I'm getting back into the rhythm. I came back to work this week after taking a week to just like be sad and avoid people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just kind of coming to terms. It's really funny because everyone is like, it was rigged, Kirsten. You were robbed, Kirsten. And I'm like, it was not rigged. Any vote in a reality TV show is subject to the Lotto and Gaming Commission. Those are the real votes. If you want, we can analyze the reasons why I possibly wasn't cast, but like, that's just a big old bummer. Like the people at work, I ran into someone the other day and they were like, so how did it go? I just like looked at them and I was like, well, obviously not well. <laughs> um, and they were like, well, you tried and like walked away. I Like, what are you? Why would you like, how did it go? Like, so say welcome back. People are like, oh, I'm so, I'm so glad to see you back. I'm like, oh, I wish I could say the same to you. Like, I thought I'd get three months away from you guys. Like, oh. Yeah. But fortunately, I've got like a ton of like supportive people in my life who are, uh, they're there for me and they're like trying to make sure I'm okay, which is 
good because that's not something that I would like naturally take care of on my own. So it's good to have people pushing me to be like, hey, it's okay. Like you're allowed, you don't have to be upset. Like, yeah, I would say so. And I'm like, no, like I need to just like be snarky and have a good attitude about it. Like, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Just just let me have like a really good sense of uh, like gamesmanship or that's not a word, but whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, good, good sportsmanship. Yeah, sportsmanship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking of it. It's because I don't do sports. So I'm like, well. Mm. Same yeah. Thing, well, I, I think that probably goes back to what you're saying about like, uh, you know, holding things in and not, you know, maybe if you were allowed to uh, text your feelings, <laughs> um, it would be easier. Yeah. If, like if someone else have a deep conversation about my emotions, like you're going to have to text me because I'm not going to, to vocalize it. Cause my thing is like, normally when I'm talking to people, it's just like, like, I don't like being the one to call for delivery food because I don't like talking to someone if I can't like be helping them or doing something for them. So like mm-hmm. I can talk to people on the phone at work because I'm helping them. But like, it's just like, if I'm having a conversation with someone, I tend to be like, Oh, like, tell me about your problems. Like what advice can I give you? Like, that kind of thing where it's like even so like people other than myself were upset by the the big brother canada thing and my thing is like we're gonna i'm like we're gonna be okay and it's like <laughs> that made it easier for me because it's like i'm now supporting you and then it's mm-hmm. like wait a second like i shouldn't have to support other people about this like if you want to mean you could have voted more <laughs> like, <laughs> like this isn't on me <laughs> no yeah i i mean i can I, I i think i can like sort of see where you're coming from where like uh it is like obviously you don't you don't want to be a burden to anyone right and like you like helping people and so yeah. it's it's probably hard to uh you know to 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 be vulnerable in front of somebody else uh knowing that they are going to like want to help you and uh it's just uh, if you're not used to it it's very it's very uncomfortable yeah exactly and the other thing too is it's like then it's like well am i just like pouring like a bummer news on you and then ruining your day and that's the yeah. opposite of helping and then i'm like oh i don't i don't care for that <laughs> like, yeah it's it's hard like um i feel like it's it's something that you kind of need to like practice really like like being vulnerable to people and not having to put up like a, a hard front of uh like no no everything's always fine with me uh i i i think i can relate to that a little bit it's so gross though when you put it like that like oh it i is. have to be vulnerable it's like oh emotions <laughs> i hate that like, cut it out that's disgusting because that's <laughs> Well, like you, I mean, I can imagine like there are, there are two different thoughts. There's one thought, which is like, could you imagine that the person you're being vulnerable to is thinking right now, like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to deal with this. Like that would be mortifying. Or like, am I putting a burden on somebody that does genuinely care, but I don't want to like put that on them because that's, it's too much for them to handle. I don't want them to have to deal with my nonsense. Uh, So there's like two extremes in both ways that makes it hard to like, to do that. Yeah, we, you need, the goal is to always find like the midline, mm-hmm. but then I find the midline and then I never leave it. And unless it's like an extreme, people won't get anything from me. Like it was really funny. I was driving a friend somewhere a little while ago and I made a comment about how like I'm an emotional wreck. I'm the most emotional one in my family. And she like just turned and looked at me like, Kirsten, like you don't have any emotions. Like, what are you talking about? You're an emotional wreck. And it's just cause like, when I was a kid, I would just like cry about everything. And so I feel like it's like a defense mechanism of like, I was like a whiny cry baby with good reason. Like there are a lot of like, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, I need to write a book. But then I was like, I have family members who legitimately would sue me if I wrote it. Like, yeah, 
fuck. Cause like my, like my mom's sisters, they sue each other. Wow. There's numerous lawsuits and it's like for no reason. And they would fully, especially after like I was called the devil on TV, they're like super religious and they'd be like, like, no, like get out of here. Like, or they would like spray, like hit me with a Bible, like spritz me with holy water or something. Well, if, if you can get us sued for this podcast, I feel like that would raise the profile of the podcast. So like, uh, you'd be doing me a favor. It's huge. Uh, it's huge publicity. And yeah. any place is good press, right? Exactly. That's the thing. Um, yeah, because they did. What did? The, what were the lawsuits? There's one when my grandma passed away, which this was that was before I was born. And they like, even though like my grandpa was still alive, and they were suing each other over my grandmother's belongings. Ooh. And it's like her husband gets that. Like, what are you doing? And then there was when I was four, my mom's sister sued my mom for custody of my mom's first daughter, who's my half sister. And that I, I remember that because I remember my mom had quit smoking. And I remember just seeing her go to the freezer and grab a pack of cigarettes out of the freezer and just start smoking on the front step. And it was just like being like so upset, obviously, because like this aunt lived with us. Oh like she like couldn't afford to live anywhere else. She's living with us. We would like help her. And then she like sued. And it was like this crazy experience where my dad was posted to move away from BC. And my aunt didn't want my half sister to leave because she wanted my half sister to be her daughter. And like she won because of the way the laws were going to BC, even though like the judge literally was like, I know this is not in the best interest of the child, but because of this law, which is basically if the child is 12 years, age, 12 years of age or older, and they can prove an emotional connection with an adult, that adult, they, the kid gets to choose where they want to go, basically. And my aunt, like for her whole life would be like, oh, like you're spending so much time with your grandparents because your mom doesn't want you. She like doesn't care about you. She doesn't want you here. When it was really like, my mom was like a hardcore alcoholic and was like trying to get her shit together and she didn't want to expose her kid to that. Mm. And then like when you're a kid and someone's telling you stuff like that, it like it sets in and you believe it. And it's like, this is an authority figure who is relative who I love. And so my sister, my half sister, um was like yeah I want to live with my aunt and it was like like messed up and then we like moved across the country and she was supposed to like come every few months but then she only came like twice it was like it was crazy she just was like gone and I like I haven't I have spoken to her one time in the last I think 13 years I have seen her once in that period like I've seen her one time since I was nine years old I'm 25 now wow and it's just like, like, we don't even talk. Like she didn't even like come to my mom's funeral this year because she had to take care of our aunt who was, is like very sick. And she like couldn't find anyone else to sit with her for the day to come like for our mom. And it's like, this is why I'm closed off because it's like, this doesn't sound like real life, but like, this is real life. No, no, I, uh, I, like, I, I, I believe it. Yeah. It's, and it's just like, it's not so like this, whatever faith is never going to listen to a podcast. It's fine. Um, she wrote a letter to my dad when like a long time ago being like, you shouldn't be with Vanessa. You should be with me instead. Like we would be wow. better role models for the children. We would be a better couple, like all this stuff. Like don't tell Vanessa. And this is when she lived with my mom and dad. And my dad, of course, took the letter to my mom and was like, what the fuck is wrong with your sister? Like what is going on? And so my mom like kept this letter and my aunt stole it out of her wallet so that there'd be no like proof of it. 
Like these people are crazy. So when I talk about stealing meal points, I'm not as bad. <laughs> as these it's making a little more sense now. Um, so you you lived you lived with with the three of them as the adults there. Yeah. Uh, so as, I as lived I lived with my mom, my dad, and my aunt, um, who goes by Faith. And then there was my half sister Brittany, my sister Viana, and myself. And it's actually really weird because I don't, I don't have a lot of memory from that period of my life. Like it was like, I was like four and a half when Brittany like moved out. So I don't have that many memories. I'm pretty sure I have repressed memories though, because my mom told me like years later that when we moved to Ontario, I had like crazy disciplinary issues. I like wouldn't listen or anything. And I told her, I was like, Faith told me I don't have to listen to you. Like you're not a good mom. And that like, she could be my mom instead. Like she was like trying to get me too. And if we hadn't like moved away from like BC at that time, it makes me wonder like, like what would have happened? Like would I have been in the same situation, mm-hmm. which is just like horrifying because like they do not have a good life. And like, I've had like, as much as there's like lots of like downers and like crazy stuff, it's like overall, it's like, I have like pretty good life. Like I'm pretty lucky. Like anyone who's born in North America is like very lucky with the life that they have. So I'm not going to. I feel so fortunate like every single day that I didn't get fucking brainwashed into mm-hmm. like living with someone else. It's like, cause like my half sister, she's in her thirties now and she still lives with that aunt. They wow. never live separately. I'm pretty sure for a while they had to like sleep in the same bed because they couldn't afford anything else. Like it's like sad. It is. It really is. Um, it, it, like children are very uh, vulnerable and uh, you know, the idea that, uh, and this, I mean, the idea that this even happens at all, but I know it happens all the time yeah. with uh, not necessarily ants, but uh, but different parents and different, uh, you know, adult figures in people's lives. Uh, it's uh, it's terrifying. And, uh, you know, to think that, uh, you know, where you, you were younger than than her. So if you had just been a little bit older then maybe you would have uh, been in the same position. Yeah, well, exactly. Or maybe if, if she had just had like a little bit more time, like if the military base in Chilliwack hadn't closed the year that it did, mm-hmm. if my dad hadn't like gotten his promotion from private to corporal the year that he did, if like all these things, like every little thing like comes into it and makes the situation. And it's like, it's, it's so hokey. People are like, everything happens for a reason. And I know that sounds like such a like shitty thing. And I feel like you've said before on the Terry show that like, you don't like that. But like, <laughs> I feel like enough like ridiculous like things have happened that like I kind of like I believe it like I kind of believe it's like that thing where you like you don't believe the horoscope that's in the newspaper but it's like where you are like on the planet when you're born like that probably like it has to mean something right like I don't know maybe I sound like an idiot but it's like I mean there are certainly a lot of people that believe it I I, like I um, I, I, I'm mostly, you know, joking when I say that I, I, I think everything happens for a reason. It's silly. I, I often have the, the conflict in myself that is like, I would not be where I am or who I am if not for my experiences as a child. So it's weird to kind of look back and wish that things had been better or easier because then I wouldn't be me anymore. It would almost be like wishing death upon myself uh, and, and instead being a different person. Um, so it's kind, it's kind of like it's it's it, it has there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, cognitive dissonance there in terms of like, I wish things had been better. But at the same time, if they hadn't happened the way that they did, I would not be me. And so in that regard, those things 
the the reason those things happened is is me. I am now like I am the cause of that. If that you know, I'm the yeah, effect no, of that cause. Exactly. It's the thing where it's like you wish that things had been easier or better, but that you would still be the same person that you are, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't be. And it's like uh, it's just like so silly to think about because if you like when you meet people who've like grown up in like a super privileged like rich background, most of the time those people are unbearable. Yeah. Like you don't want to be. You don't want to be that person. Like. At least like at the end of the day, like coming from like total shit, you, when you accomplish something, like that's your accomplishment and you've like worked your ass off for that and you've earned it. Like you can't say that anything's been handed to you. And I feel like that's worth more too. Like yeah. it's just like how I feel about the whole like consciousness and the computer thing. Like it's like, it's not like being alive if you could like <laughs> put yourself into a computer, like the state, like if there's no stakes, there's no like reason to be doing anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I, I definitely find myself... Like I, and I, it's weird because I often, I meet somebody and then if I just, if I just naturally connect with them and get along with them, I almost always later on find that they had a difficult childhood. Um, and like, it's, it's so weird. Uh, it's like, I don't mean to do this. Like, uh, but we just, there's something about us that like, uh, we were drawn to each other and, um, but then like, but then I think about like for every person that I find that I can relate to that like has gone through similar things and has come out the other side a better person because of them, uh, I know that there are, I know that there are much more people that never got out of those circumstances, uh, you know, like, like your sister that mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, you know, I'm never going to run into because, you know, they're, they're not even in my world. Um, well, if we're talking about her, it's better that you do <laughs> 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 um but it's it's just it, it, it you know there is a there's a duality to it and uh it's it really is sort of trial by fire and um you know it makes me sad for all of the 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 children that don't make it through that that trial so to speak um and you know i i feel like surely surely there's a better way to introduce uh you know some small modicum of adversity uh and and not just like pamper people until they're super spoiled but uh surely there must be some sort of good middle ground where uh they can feel loved and supported but also challenged yeah it's called the welfare state but people have a big problem with that for various reasons yeah <laughs> um, it's like those same people who are like well we raise the minimum wage so everything's fine and it's mm-hmm. like well but no because raising the minimum wage does actually nothing because normally people make less money after minimum wage goes up because they get less hours or less shifts or more gets taken out or like like that's not a solution to that problem but you can't say that and then people are like oh you don't want to raise minimum wage you're a monster <laughs> it's like no like I'm more interested in like a living wage and making sure people are like capable of actually supporting themselves on the money that they make. Like there's no point raising minimum wage to a hundred dollars an hour. If that hundred dollars an hour isn't going to help them in any way. Yeah. I, uh, I often find that like empathy just vanishes the second people start talking about like politics and policies. It's just like, uh, you know, people, they have their sides and, (laughs) Uh, they uh, they tend to stick with the sides. That's basically well, how it goes. Act, there's actually like an interesting trend. Like typically speaking, young people will be very sorry. I shouldn't be talking about politics. You're getting a lot of hate for this, but <laughs> typically young people will be very interested in like uh, liberalism, social democracy, like welfare state, like taking care of people. Um, like I'm okay with higher taxes if it means that like the less fortunate among us are taken care of. And then they get like 
their first job that actually pays them money. And they're like, I don't want any more taxes. Like people should just get their own job. Like, Blah, blah, blah. And then basically they like carry that trend for a majority of their life. And then they retire and they don't have money anymore. And they're like, man, I was wrong the whole time. Like that's like a very common trajectory that people will take with, with regards to politics and like whatever politics, politics is just going to come up with me because I'm that idiot who took a poli sci degree. So like whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was big into uh debate when I was in high school. Um, and uh, I, I enjoyed that sort of thing. But as as I grew older and, it, uh, you know, uh, int- was introduced to modern politics, uh, I grew less fond of debate. No, and I grow less and less fond about actually talking about politics every yeah. single day of my life. Because the, I feel like the key of like me getting my politic, my poli sci degree is like realizing, I don't know anything yeah and nobody knows anything and i wish i wish people, i wish more is that's the problem is that like nobody knows anything except for a small amount of people that are experts in their field right mm-hmm. um not that we should only listen to them either uh but uh but like nobody knows anything but everybody thinks they know everything yeah. and i i just feel like the people that are willing to acknowledge their own ignorance are the people that are a lot uh quieter in uh the 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 political debate and so they're not heard and it's just a bunch of people who think they know way more than they do uh yelling at each other and uh that's uh that's that's politics 101 on the terror show it's just like driving everyone thinks they're above average yeah so what is it the um something effect i yeah i'm I'm thinking myers briggs (laughs) no well it's kruger effects you could be thinking about imposter sy- syndrome, but like backwards, because imposter no, syndrome is like where you know what you're talking about, but you think you don't know anything. And then most the, people think they know everything. I don't remember. The Dunning-Kruger effect is when uh, you think you are better than you are at something because uh, you have a, a, a quick uh, progression of like you basically you don't know enough about the subject that you're talking about or doing or whatever to know that you're bad at it. So you think you're good, even though you're bad <laughs> Well, now we put a name to it. So there you go. Perfect. See, we're teaching people so much. Like this is the important stuff that people want to know. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and it's, it's again, because I feel like um, it, 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 for, for whatever reason, it's just like the, 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 the childhood, your childhood experience uh, when it, when it's a difficult one, you often, uh, you often think about these kinds of things because you're like, you're miserable and you want to like figure out how to not be miserable. And so you're like, what's the Dunning-Kruger effect? What's the, uh, what's, let's look into psychology. Let's study how people behave on Big Brother. Like, you're just uh, in like a Wikipedia black hole. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. did, is that, I mean, is that how, is that how you felt when you were a kid? Like, so... It's really weird. When I was a kid, I I was a very strange child, just like I'm still a strange human today. I was like, my family is like this weird blend. Everyone yells and like shares their opinion and thoughts. Everyone's super sarcastic and mean to each other. And so like in my home life, I was very much like outspoken and opinionated and all that, like from a very young age. And then outside of the home, I was very shy, withdrawn. Like, I know it's, it's crazy to think, oh, I'm telling you right now, I used to be shy. Like, I would not talk to people. I would get, like, crazy social anxiety as a kid because I didn't want to go places because I was, like, 
embarrassed about my family or just like worried about everything. Like I worried about things constantly. And like, I still worry about things constantly. It's just like, I know how to not drive myself fully like crazy over it. Um, which I, I know I shouldn't say crazy, but I feel like I have a, I have a diagnosed anxiety issue. I can call myself crazy. Um, and it's just like, I would sit and I would just always think about the future always. And it was my future, like from a very young age, I was always very certain. I was like, I'm going to do well in school. I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to like put murderers in jail is basically like from like too young of an age. Like my mom was like true crime obsessed and it totally like passed down to me. Like I have seen like documentaries and stuff as a kid that I should not have been seeing as a child. Like I probably shouldn't even, you shouldn't still shouldn't watch it now. (laughs) It's just going to ruin your life and you'll never sleep again. And so that was always like, I would always think about the future, the future, the future. And I still do that. Like even like over the past two years, I would think like, okay, but what about like when I get on Big Brother? Cause I've always been convicted that that was going to happen. Like, like, I know, like, I know I'd be good at the game. I know I have a good personality. Like I know, like, I know that this is going to happen. And I would always like, think about that. Like, I'd like imagine like in my head, I'd be like, I'm going to walk out and Arissa is going to be there and I'm going to go in like, this is going to happen. And this is what I do. And like, or like, even like in the months when I like knew that there was a good chance I'd be involved this season before whatever happened, I'd like be in my car and I'd be like, my God, like there's going to be like pregame press. And it's like with like Rob probably. And it'll be like, that'll be so funny. And that'll be like such an interesting interview or like stuff like that, where it's like, I would always just think about the future and I would not think about like the present but it's like thinking about the future in an unproductive way. Like I hate setting goals. I hate like people have like vision boards. Like I could ne- literally, I could never do that. Like if, no dream if, boards. Like if your dream board works for you, like like good for you. I assume like I, I can't even think of a name. I'm trying to think. Like I assume your name's like Sarah or something. And like <laughs> good for you. Like that's awesome. But it's just like it's never something that would work for me. And so now I'm kind of like shit. I need to like think about something else. Like. I need to like try and be present and I need to like, what am I supposed to think about? Like, yeah, which is like pathetic. Like it's so pathetic. Like I just, like, there's no words. Like there's no other descriptor. It's like, well, fuck. Like, what, like, what do I think? Like, tell me what to think about. I don't even know. Um, well, I, I mean, first of all, I don't think it's pathetic. Uh, I mean, well, and it's okay, like, but like it's, I call myself pathetic, but I'm like, okay with it. I'm not like beating myself up about it. I'm just like, yeah, that's pathetic. Like, let's move on. No, no, I, yeah, I know what you mean. But it's like, uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, again, like, you know, when you're a kid, because uh, I think I, I, I sort of went through the same thing where uh, for, for me, at least I always you know, f- fantasies of the future essentially mm-hmm. is what I would have. Um, like I was a, a, you know, a 12 year old fantasizing about being a psychologist helping 12 year olds. Um, and, oh, uh, so precious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like, I would like, anytime I felt just like the worst, I would just think about like, you know, when I, when I am 25, I am going to be living on my own. I'm going to have a, like a, a job that pays money. Like I'm going to like be able to feel stable and I'm going to like be okay with myself and I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be good looking. Uh, and, uh, and you know, like, like everything's going to be okay. It's just, I, I just have to wait for the future. And I never really believed that was ever true. Um, but yeah. it was like a fantasy in my head that I would cling to. And, uh, 
and like there are a ton of different things that that I developed as a child that were things like that that were defense mechanisms for for life at the time yeah. and those things stick with you when you, when you grow up like even when you get to the point where like oh I am now living a life like that but I still have defense mechanisms from when I was a child and miserable and those are hindering my life in the present now um and, you know, that's that's, I, you know, it's not something that you should be faulted for. But uh, but obviously, it's something that you should you should think about and think like, uh, you know, I don't I don't need this anymore. How can I start to adapt and and figure out how to work around this and, and change it? And uh, and I think that's where where you are right now. So I, I, I think you're right on track. Yeah, basically, everyone needs to go to therapy. If you don't think you yes. need to go to therapy, you probably need to go to therapy more than anybody else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same thing as politics. Like uh, if you if you think you're good, then uh, then then you're probably not. If you know you need to go to therapy, that's when you that's when you should be going. Uh, or that's the if you know you need to go to therapy, then you're probably healthier than the person that doesn't know that they need to go to therapy. I I feel like we've cracked we've cracked humanity. We've cracked yes. personality wide open here. We know everything. It's basically we're the two smartest people in yeah. the world. World's greatest detectives. Like. We could just fix everybody's problems. Yeah, see, that's uh, another defense mechanism. Thinking, uh, thinking you can solve everything. <laughs> well, that's and that's very true. Though, like, I feel like my defense mechanism is like I love like giving people advice and like mm-hmm. um, I've always I always joke that like oh I could be a life coach I could like do whatever and it's that thing where it's like you it's like someone like they go out into the world and they seem super presentable and they do everything right and then it's like 60 years later they die and it's like oh my god they were like a hardcore hoarder this entire time like (laughs) we had no idea because it's it's the people that go through things the most that have forced that have been forced to be introspective that that have more thoughts just like they've dedicated more of their time not by choice to things that uh are congruent to being a life coach or giving advice or anything like that like they they might often know the right thing to do technically even though they're not capable of it themselves because they're still riddled with uh these pain points and defense mechanisms from when they were a kid i'm getting riddled with pain points tattooed on my lower back (laughs) sorry i'll be back later (laughs) that's very deep like well no but it's true like just like looking back where it's like, you know what you have to do, but you just don't like do it for yourself, but you would do it for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Like I remember I was talking like, cause my thing too, like, again, like people think I don't care or whatever. And I was talking to a friend about it recently. And I was like, you know, like it really bothers me that people like think I'm so callous or they think I don't care about people. I was like, it's like, I care a lot. Like, I just, like, it takes a lot for me to, like, show that. And she was like, what are you talking about? No one thinks you're callous. Like, you're, like, one of the, like, the sweetest, most caring people I've ever met in my life. And I was like, yeah, because we are, like, very close friends. And yeah. you forced your way into my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and we're only friends because we were both um, community, advisors to, community advisors together, which is, like, an RA at any other university. And we were on the same team. And she, like, identified me as, like, the weak link that she could cling to that we could like become like a bond (laughs) because she's creepy perceptive. (laughs) She's also, she's doing school in psychology too. I feel like I'm surrounded by psychologists and introverts and I don't know why. Like, I feel like it's because I'm not introverted and I just like want to (laughs) understand like how people could be not like that. 
who knows? Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to figure you out, Taryn. Like, that's the whole point. You can try. This is when you do your episode of the Taryn show, I can come interview you and we'll get yeah. to the bottom of your shit. Cause you've, you've planted some seeds. Uh, I, I plant the seeds, but there's I don't a, water them. There's a lot. That's, <laughs> that's what the interviewers for. <laughs> well, that's what like, I, that's what I, you know, when you said you listened to all of the, the Taryn shows, I'm like, well, you must know a lot of really random facts about me because I just like have really <laughs> ran like sprinkle random things in there all the time yeah i like we could probably do a list right now but that's you know what they don't deserve my uh <laughs> my summary of the Terran show if you haven't listened to every episode of the Terran show that you know what that's on you you have to go back and listen to the entire catalog yeah i did i did meet somebody once uh at a at one of the events uh like podcast events that listed off a bunch of facts about me and it was strange that's super creepy don't do that <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, like, um, if if that person is listening, uh, I, I appreciate your your listenership. They're surely um, listening. If they it was just, to it, it was just, it was strange to me you. at the time. It was, just, you know, you don't expect that sort of thing. I well, no, and that's like the kind of thing that's super overwhelming. And you're like, that's amazing. It means so much to me that people are listening to what I'm doing. But then it's like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that makes you take a step back and be like, oh, should I share less about myself? Exactly. Because that's like super random and it's just like we have like I work in a residence I do like placements and getting people into rooms we have a roommate matching system that I fondly describe as our roommate eHarmony and you answer questions about yourself and you then see your percentage match with potential roommates and you can then message them through the residence portal using anonymous screen names so you can see if someone would actually be a good roommate for you and I'm always like, don't just request someone because they have a high percentage. Send them a message. It's mm-hmm. creepy to just ask someone to be your roommate when you've never talked before. <laughs> like, this is this is me on a tour of residence. Like, so we have a roommate matching system. You answer questions such as X, Y, and Z. And you can then message people to find a match. Don't just request someone. How would you feel if someone requested you and you didn't know them? You'd feel weird. Don't make people feel weird. <laughs> yeah. And that I hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this because he might not care for that. <laughs> like maybe not that tone of voice I use, but like just telling people like don't do this or like oh you want to live in a traditional residence room with your very best friend. I highly recommend you don't do that. <laughs> it's like like the room is what probably like twelve feet by twelve feet. Mm. It's not huge. It's two beds. Like you won't be friends anymore at the end of this year. Do not do this. Roommate drama is the most pervasive drama in in college. I think it's the most pervasive drama anywhere. <laughs> I yeah. And like I hate having roommate drama, which I fortunately don't really have anymore because I just live with my boyfriend. But I love finding about other people's roommate drama. <laughs> um, and like I think that's part of like why I like love Big Brother, right? Like I'm so like mm. entrenched in this like housing situation, and like I've had such weird like roommate situations where I'm like I can live with anyone, and it can work. Like it's like one summer I lived with like five girls in a house, which is a lot of girls. It's a lot of people. It's just too many people in a house. And there was one roommate who she like came home one day and was like, oh, here's my six friends. They're going to stay with us for a month because their van broke down and we're not going to charge them anything. And they're just going to like eat all our food and like make our utility bill really high. And I swear every single night of that summer was me staying up until 3 a.m. with a different roommate, just like bitching about the other roommate. <laughs> like, just like, it happens. I love roommate drama. Not when I'm in it, though. I don't. Yeah. 
I don't want to be in it anymore. It's dishes. It's always dishes too. Mm. That's like 85% of the time, the core problem with any roommate situation is the dishes. So just do your damn dishes <laughs> and you will have way less issues. Um, okay. So uh, walk me through the, uh, the experience um, emotionally with, with Big Brother, because uh, you talked about, you know, the, I mean, this was something that you, as you mentioned, you look forward to in the future, mm-hmm. uh, your experience on Big Brother. Um, I know you'd been uh, applying uh, for, for, uh, for years. Yes. Um, and <clears throat> I, I just, uh, even just thinking about the emotional roller coaster <laughs> of like after years being like, yes, this is finally it, having that excitement. And then uh, the, the slow sort of crash and uh and where you where you've ended up from there so it's so weird because again like i've always said and like i've been open about this like with people in my life like i'm shocked that the people i work with didn't put it together until like the promo came out that that's where i was at that time of year to like suddenly just be gone yeah Um, it's crazy to me that they believed because like only my boss knew because he was able to sign some stuff um that i'd be gone so that he could get me set up for a leave of absence which he approved because i have like crazy supportive staff so it was like i've always said I'm going to get on Big Brother. I'm going to continue applying until I'm either on the show or it's canceled because eventually I'll just be the last person left applying and they'll be like, we're fucking sick of her. Just put her on the show. Like, like I'm, we're so sick of these videos. Just put her on. And so I didn't start applying until season three because I made my parents a promise that I would finish my university degree before I went on reality television because I was that convinced I was going to get on. And so I applied for season three. My sister and I went to an open call. And I thought it went well, but I didn't get a call back. And then I also didn't put in the effort to do a video. So like, I don't really think that one counts. Season four, I put in a lot of work into a video, a lot of work into going to an open call, nothing. Season five, can't really talk about it, but there was a point where I thought I was going to be on the show um, and then I wasn't. Um, And season six, I like, it just like kept going and going. And it was like, like, well, first of all, between five and six, the show is on hiatus, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like fuck I should have never said I'd keep applying until it get, got canceled like I changed that it got canceled because I said that um because in Canada hiatus doesn't mean hiatus it means mm. the show is going away forever like Canadian content is extremely expensive to produce there's not enough people watching often to make it worthwhile like it, it's not gonna come like Canadian Idol has been on hiatus for like 15 years or something stupid like that not not that long I don't remember what year it is anymore apparently but whatever it's been on hiatus for a very long time and it's never coming back. Um, so then when the announcement came that the show came back, I was just overjoyed because I was like, this is it. This is my year. Like I will do whatever it takes. I will get on. And so I like went through the application process. I was feeling very excited. It was just like, things are building and building and building. And I was like, I might, I might actually get on. I might actually get on. Like this could be happening. Uh, when I found out that there was a, I was told at some point that there would be a vote in element, but I didn't know how many people would be voted in when it would be or whatever. And so I like got it into my head that I was like, maybe they're voting in the full cast. Like Canada, you saved the show. Now you get to cast the show. That was like best case scenario. And then worst case scenario was like, they're voting someone into be Canada's player. And I'm going to be like the Eric Stein of Canada. And it's the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to someone ever. And then ultimately it turned out to be this um, angels versus devils, which I at no point was like, oh yeah, I'm a devil. I like was so naive. I thought everyone had like a flaming background and a black throat. <laughs> I was like, 
this is so cool. Like, I wonder what the theme of the season is. Like, this is so cool. And then they were like, Canada's voting. And I was like, that's kind of what I like had thought. Um, and then just like keeping track of days, it got to a point where I was like, I know what date it is. And I know that the show premieres on March 7th. So I was like, it's not the full cast. There's no way it's the full cast. It has to be a small group. And that was kind of like, I didn't feel good about that prospect. I feel like, because there's no way that they would like actually get to know me enough to put me, to put me in. And I was like, okay, well maybe there's like a secret room, like season two, like maybe that, like that could save me, like whatever. Um, and then the day of like when I, everything actually happened, I didn't like, I, I, I wasn't feeling good. Like I just thought something like something just seemed wrong. And it wasn't that anyone was treating me differently or like that anything was happening. It was just like, I just had this feeling. I was like, this isn't right. Like something bad is happening. And then when it came time that we were going to be going out, like I had, I didn't see anyone. Like they keep you, um, like, but even like before, like when we're all waiting to walk on stage, like we did not see each other before, like two seconds before we actually walked out. And so I was like feeling bad, but then I was like, they were like, Hey, you're the fourth one to walk out. This is where you're going to stand. And I was like, Oh, if I'm the last one out, like maybe it did turn out. Okay. Like maybe they would put me last if I'm like coming in or whatever. And then right before we actually walked out, I saw me and Mikey in all red and the uh, Marin and Veronica in all white. And I was like, motherfucker, it's done. This is not happening. And so we, we go out and then I know people are like, oh, why does she have such a stink face? Blah, blah, blah. I, when Arissa opened the envelope, I saw that it said Veronica before she said Veronica. And so I was like, fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so then it's just like total shock. Like, is this real life? Like what's happening? Like, I can't believe it. And then it was like within an hour and a half, I like had my phone back and was like in the world. And I was like, holy, like I'm in shock. Like I like still like, even now, like I like know that like I've accepted that it happened and I'm like back in my real life, which is very like helpful and good, but it's still like, like, holy shit, like that really happened. Like, like I, like, I can't even believe it. Like that's real life. Cause it's just such a ridiculous thing to happen. Like, uh, and then it's like, now when people Google me forever, it's going to come up like Kirsten, the cutthroat cutie, the devil <laughs> vote in the devil. And I'm like, cool. I'm the devil now. Like, awesome. <laughs> and then it's just now like, uh, right now, because I still like, it was just my first week back at work. So I'm like still seeing people like for the first time since it happened and like having to hash it out. And it's like very like raw and I am very emotional. Um, and it's just like, I like, I can't believe this happened. Like this is the craziest thing. And it's like, it's still, even though obviously I'm disappointed in the result, it's still not a bad experience. I learned a lot about myself and about a bunch of other stuff that I cannot talk about. Um, that is so cool and there's so many fans of the show that will never know the level of knowledge of how the show is made that i will know which is pretty cool and at the end of the day i'm getting so much love and support and a lot of people messaging me being like i regret my decision like i wish i voted you in. <laughs> and it's like that kind of makes it feel feel a little better and i've also like I haven't encountered one person who's been like, yeah, this is what I thought would happen. Everybody was like, we thought it was you and Marin. Like we really thought. And so that also is like, well, if everyone's surprised, like I feel better about it too. Cause it's like something crazy happened. I don't know what, like mm -hmm. there's a huge number of factors and it's like, it could very well be like, there was only one minute and a half clip of me that people saw that was supposed to represent my whole personality. And it doesn't like, 
yes, I'm a bitch. Yes, I will say horrible things. Yes, I will put my foot in my mouth every five minutes of my life. But for me, the kind of like charming thing about it is I'll then make a joke about myself and like laugh it off. And like, I'm not like, I'm not just like, yeah, I'm a bitch and that's the end of the story, right? So it's like, if all you see is the parts where I say the horrible, annoying stuff and you don't see me like, laughing about it afterwards being like, I can't believe I just said that. Like it's, it's hard to, to know. So it's like, nobody really knows me. So anyone who's being negative, I'm like, whatever, you don't know me. And then who's being positive. I'm like, you've got good taste. Like you get it, <laughs> you get it. Um, so I mean, like, even, even if, even if you were on the show for 90 days, like, uh, or 70 days, uh, you know, the, they still don't know you, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's, it's, there's still a level. So like the fact that, you know, you, they know you for 90 seconds, uh, is like, they, they basically were flashed like an image of you basically like uh, yeah, ex- like a, exactly a right very... and that was like it's gone it's over yeah they won't see me again like and that's like that's the only thing like I don't know if I'm technically allowed to apply again if the show comes back which is like that's kind of shitty I feel like I should be allowed to apply again um you gotta try and it, I'm just gonna send them the global video the minute and a half <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, make, I'm not making another uh, <laughs> video. I'm just going to send them a compilation of all of the clips that you find when you Google me online. Well, and that's and that's the thing, because like you not only had been applying for years, but like you just thought for for so much of your life, like this is going to happen. This is like yeah. this is something that is like a huge aspiration of my life. And uh, like just when it seems like it's happening, it just all of a sudden it's gone. It's over before it started. And like like where do you go from there? One, that's the question. I have no fucking clue. I have no idea where I go from here. Um, I need to do like some major soul searching and ask myself some, some real questions. I had a long conversation about this with Jordan Parhar um, a little while ago. And he like sent me this very long message of like, these are the, like, these are the things you like need to ask yourself. And like, this is what you need to figure out. And I was like, you're so right. And then I just haven't like sat down to like start doing it. Cause it's very like, it's intimidating to confront mm. like the fact that it's like, it's over. And she like, she gone. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Like, And it's the thing too, where it's like, you can't just quit your life and do something new out of nowhere, especially if you don't know what that something is that you want to do. Like you like, you like quit your life to be a podcaster. It's so cool. And it's like, people like take all these risks and they like create something. And it's like, I'm like paralyzed of like, what if I like make the wrong thing? What if I like quit my life and it like doesn't work or like, that kind of thing. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm the, on the one hand, I'm like a very stereotypical millennial. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm not a millennial at all. I like, but except for by the fact of like, I was born in the correct years. So obviously, but like I went to school, I went to university, I got a full-time job. I like moved out of the house shortly after high school. I like did all these things that aren't really typical anymore. And so it's like, I feel like I have this like very like Gen X fear of jumping into the unknown and like doing something else. Like I have no idea what the next step is, which is exciting at the same time, because as long as I don't pick a path, I can just be excited about the future. and not like be terrified but I know I was talking to a friend recently because like I have a crazy work ethic and I work tirelessly towards a goal as evidenced by the fact that I tried to get a big brother for four years like that's crazy and he was like Kirsten I'm so excited to see what you do next because you're gonna fucking attack it and it's gonna be like so cool and I was like yeah but like figuring out what to do is the hardest part it's like for me getting started is not hard it's figuring out 
what to start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and like uh you know, even just like the the thought of trying to you know, process and, uh, like get over the experience and like start to move on from it. Like I I have to imagine it's basically impossible while this current season is still airing. Cause it's like, how do you like, even if you were to like, you know, uh, you know, tackle the list and be like, all right, here we go. Now (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to move on. It's going to be great. And then like, Oh, but I still have to deal with like, being involved unless you completely removed yourself from like the entire community uh like the the fact that the season is still going is a constant reminder of like uh that's going to be like pulling you back you know making it more difficult yeah well for sure and the thing is is like i'm still a fan like i'm still watching the show and i'm still enjoying it but like i'll never be able to fully move on until it's like i'm not like constantly like i have to unfollow literally everyone on twitter if i want to not see because like that's like that's what i do on twitter like i like i'm on twitter because of like reality television and like being part of that like I love being part of that community as like a fan and so I'm not gonna like step back from that like that seems like a a step that's not actually gonna help me long term Mm -hmm. um but as long as it's like oh someone says something stupid on the live feeds I'm taking Kirsten in it like oh Kirsten wouldn't have said that or this person did something good Kirsten would never do that like I know like the first time like Veronica was like rapping on the feed someone was like Kirsten could never like, you're absolutely right. I could never do that. Um, and it's like, and it's hard too because it's the thing where it's like, it's not Veronica's fault that she was put up against me in a vote. Like I don't, I know, like I probably seem like I'm super bitter on Twitter. It's like, I'm not bitter about Veronica because she like beat me in a vote or anything. It's like literally Veronica and I were chosen against each other because we are polar opposite people. Like we're just not the same person. And so I'm naturally going to be more inclined to criticize something she does because it's almost 100% of the time the opposite thing of what I would do, right? Yeah, and she's also a legitimate living constant reminder (laughs) of like that was supposed to be me. Like, I think a lot of fans are bitter about other fans that get onto the show just in general. But this is a very concrete link to like, no, it was legitimately either me or her. And it's her. And now every time I imagine that you see her on the show or the feeds, uh, it's just like, that that could have been me. That could have been me. It's not. Yeah, I'm just like, well, like why? Well, well, I'm not watching feeds. I like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm nicer to myself than that. Good call. Um, I like, I'll watch the show and I'm watching the episodes, but I don't feel any pressure to watch them live either. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I just, it records and then I watch it when I feel like watching it or when I want to watch it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm under no circumstances. Do I think I can watch feeds? of this season, which is, which sucks. Cause a lot of the updates seem like it's be, it's like for actually really good feeds a lot of the time, um, which is not always common. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's like a, it's weird. Cause it's like, just, I'm still in, and I'm still enjoying the episode. Like it's an interesting season. Like there's a lot of good people, but it's like weird to watch. Cause it's like, Oh, I can see where like Maddie and I would have gotten along really well, or Johnny and I would have gotten along extremely well. Um, and so that's like, oh, crap, like those moments. It's not even like seeing Veronica doesn't like, it's not like, oh, that could have been me. Cause it's like, she's in situations that I just wouldn't be in mm-hmm. because she's like, uh, interested in like different things that we're, we're just put, like, we're put up against each other because we are opposite people. Like we, yeah. I don't think we have much in common at all, which is, if, which is fine. Like that's what makes the world go around is different people. But like when I see the other people and there's a moment where it's like, 
oh, I could see myself being there. I could see that. Like, that's what way harder. Uh, yeah, I, I said <laughs> I said in the draft, uh, like, I, I feel like Maddie and uh, and Kirsten are going to get along really well. And uh, she's in the house right now. And I feel like uh, she needs you in there for some guidance because, uh, you know. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like we would have been a really fun duo. Yeah. Like, I Could've just happened. like... I think it would have been really good. And I've talked a little bit with um, the girl who's running Maddie's social media, like her best friend. And mm-hmm. literally, we have an identical personality. Yeah. It's actually crazy. I'm very similar to her, like, real life best friend. Um, so I'd like know that we would have gone along very well with each other. So it's like, yeah. that's hard. Um, mm. But it's also like, I don't know, it's interesting to watch. And it's like a whole different perspective. <laughs> I I like you basically have to like your entire relationship with the show has to to change right like because the relationship you had with it before was uh you know I I imagine it was like a, a fan and then a fan that was like I'm going to be on this someday mm-hmm. and now like that aspiration is uh is potentially like gone and so like you you have to basically like mourn the relationship with the show that you had before and it has to evolve into something else because it can't be what it was before and uh and that's you know that's pretty shitty i think well but i ultimately i think it's probably going to shift into something healthier and it's going to be a better better relationship like obsessively like going after something is not healthy so I think like when it all, when everything kind of falls into place and everything settles down, I think I'm going to be in a better place uh, emotionally. I'll be better prepared to actually figure out what I want to do. Cause I also feel like I've used like the concept of going on big brother as like a placeholder to not make decisions about my future and not decide what I really want to do mm-hmm. with my life. And so now it's like, well, I have to figure something out. And it's like losing the idea of going on reality television is like a pretty easy thing to lose compared to a lot of other stuff that could happen. And I would just like to take the opportunity to say, like, this is not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Like, oh, yeah, I, sure. Uh, I, I don't want people to think that I'm like, oh, woe is me. I didn't get on reality TV. Like, I mean, hopefully they've been listening to the whole podcast. Hopefully they've heard everything. Like, <laughs> Uh, good that we talked about this after the first yeah after the other stuff and it's like there's way more like it's like like even just going back like when I was 16 like my very best friend completed suicide like that was like a loss at a young age like my like from 2015 like spring of 2015 my grandma passed away two months later my mom was diagnosed with cancer and like within a year she was gone like this is not the hard this is not really like it's hard but it's not like this isn't like emotionally destroying like this is like I'm already pretty tough like I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it gonna figure out what I want to do with my life I just don't know yet and it's like it's exciting like I'm like at a place where I'm like okay soon I'll figure out what I want to do and then I'll like go for it yeah I don't know we'll find out it's exciting yeah um so was it uh do you do you feel like uh like you are still in that that place of turmoil uh from from those things happening I mean, I think it's the the kind of thing where like, you'll always have a little bit of that, that turmoil. And like, Mm -hmm. there's things that don't leave you and that stay, that will stay with you forever. But it's like going through those things and carrying that with you, like keeps the people that you lose with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, um, it's so like, I like to think of myself as like a fairly intelligent person, but I'm like fully convinced my mom's a ghost. Um, (laughs) And so it's like, you'll be in the car I'll be in the car and like 
my mom and I used to listen to the song The Middle by Jimmy Eat World all of the time. She loved that song. And I've noticed in the last like couple months, that song plays on the radio way more than it used to play on the radio. And I'll be like, like, mom, are you here? Like, are you here? Are you here? Or like my sister was at home and she was like, she saw my mom's jewelry box and she was like, oh, Kirsten and I should each like pick a ring to like wear on our right hand, like to like keep. And like the, she had a painting in her room and it like started swinging on the wall and like the window started like flapping open and closed and shit. And it's like, it's like, do I put like, do I believe in ghosts? Not like, is my mom a poltergeist? She might be. And it's like kind of it's like it's weird stuff like that where it's like am I or am I just like being like she's gone and I'm just like using that as like a reason to be like oh no like she's still here like mm. well like I don't I don't think it needs to be either one like I talked to to Nick about this too where it's just like um like wh- like whether or not it's 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 real I don't think it matters because it, what matters is the connection that that you shared and that she still lives on inside of you and. Uh, and in those moments, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it, 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 it totally does. And it's like the thing is where it's like, um, like here, look, I've got a picture of my mom right here when she was younger. Like we look similar, <laughs> like that it's, it's weird. Right. So it's like, and that's the thing that's also hard is like people who like knew my mom, like see me and it's hard for them mm-hmm. because I look a lot like how she looked. Right. Um, but it's like, like she's there like she's like the reason why I am like so strong and who I am is because of her because what happened when I was crying as a kid because someone called me a bitch she said Kirsten when someone calls you a bitch you're gonna have to just take it as a compliment because what it means is that you're strong and you're firm in your opinions and you don't back down so like don't listen to them and it's like I still I feel that way someone calls me a bitch I'm like cool thanks bye like (laughs) you're gonna have to try harder than that um and just like stuff like that or like um because of her i'm like a vegetarian even though by the time she passed away she wasn't a vegetarian anymore (laughs) Um, like just like weird yeah like she's like i'm very similar to her and like that like lives on in me and it's like whether she's a ghost or not a ghost it doesn't really matter she's still there Mm -hmm. it's like you just can't as long as you don't forget people they'll always be there yeah yeah. Um, you talked about how she, uh, you know, had a lot of struggles of her own, uh, when you were growing up, uh, did that, like, what, what did that give to you? Um, I think it's the thing, like nobody ever wants to like see their mom cry. Right. Like, I feel like there's something different about seeing your mom struggle than there is about seeing anybody else struggle. Um, and I feel like, like I have, I do, even though I call myself a robot and dead inside or whatever, I do have a very strong sense of empathy. And I think that that comes from, from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, she had all of these struggles and all this weird, like bad stuff happened. But like, at the end of the day, like she still would talk to like her sister who took custody of her child. She never like stopped, like she forgave her and was like, that's the thing that I like need to learn is the forgiveness. Cause I don't have that. I hold a grudge. Like my half sister called my aunt mom on Facebook one day in 2011. And I unfriended them both on Facebook and have not talked to them since. Like, I'm like, no, I'm like, if you want to call your mom, whatever, but like, don't do it on Facebook where my mom could see it. Like, how dare you? Mm -hmm. Um, And so like the forgiveness is probably what I like, if I were to really be a good person, I would like forgive my half sister and like still be part of that family. But I'm like, I'm not there yet. I've got the like grudge holding that my dad's family does. That is like (laughs) very not letting go. Like, can you imagine, like, imagine like you have siblings, obviously you've talked about it before. Imagine if one of them like tried to steal your life, would you forgive them? Like, do you think you'd be able to be like, yeah, it's okay. We could still have a good relationship. Uh, I mean, 
I uh, I think as it, as it currently stands, I I already uh, like I I don't have the fondest feelings for uh, <laughs> certain members of my family. <laughs> Um, but I, but not, not in the sense, cause I, I went through this a lot when I was, when I was, uh, in high school, um, really confronting the, uh, trying to reconcile in my head, like, uh, all the anger that I had toward, uh, toward them. And, um, I, I, I always, I, I, like what I came to was not necessarily like open arms forgiveness, uh, you know, um, like I want everyone back in my life, but, uh, a sort of. Um, a piece with it that was like this wasn't done maliciously to me uh, in the way that like you know th- like these, these people didn't do this to me on purpose um, th- this is just who they are and um, they're just operating in in a way that they think is you know they, 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 they didn't un- even understand what was happening to me uh, and so like it's it's hard for me to like hold a grudge against them uh, so it's it's uh, for me I've I just like come to peace with like this is this is what happened this is who the, this is who these people are and I will still like um, uh, you know I, I'm again I'm not gonna like embrace them but I'm going to be like yes I, I understand who you are and I'm not gonna you know my name is Inigo Montoya and you killed my father <laughs> like uh, that's that's not gonna be me because like, I don't wanna I didn't wanna be an angry person anymore and uh, I just I wanted to feel uh, like I wanted to properly assess the situation and the people but I didn't want to feel any negative uh like anger or or spite or or anything like that um i didn't want that in my life so uh that's sort of where i came down um i can't imagine you being an like i just can't imagine you being an angry person (laughs) i was uh i was not not an outwardly angry person when i was a when i was a kid but uh if you if you know my music choices as a as a young (laughs) middle school high schooler then you know the the anger, the rage uh, bubbling inside of me at the time. Well, that's, um, you're you're a '92 baby too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the like pop punk scene when we were teenagers was just like so good that it doesn't well, even matter. Well, so pop, pop punk was like uh, was a little light for me. I was uh, I was more into like the hardcore. Um, I but I I really love post hardcore stuff. I still love Lot of Speed to this day. Um, and they're like the uh, the uh, just anything whiny and screamy. Uh, I was I was really into. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and then you're like listening to your screamo music because you're like, oh, I'm so cool. Like this is so crazy. <laughs> like if if an adult heard this, they'd be like, What is that? And it's like I'm enlightened. Oh well, yeah, I'd, I'd show it to like the teachers that loved me because they thought I was like this nice like <laughs> nice boy that was like uh, the goody two shoes. And I'd be like, This is the music I'm into. I'm actually really edgy on the inside. Um, and they'd and be like, like, What like, is Child this? Protective Services shows up the next day. Like. <laughs> Well, and because that was the thing too, it's like, like being, being a robot, being emotionless. Uh, but like, and I always, I always harbored this, like, they think I'm emotionless, but I actually feel things so deeply. Uh, that was, that was me, uh, when I was uh, young. (laughs) Did you ever dye your hair black? No, uh, but I did straighten it, uh, for, uh, for I think the Mayhem Festival um, uh, concert, I have picture. I've sh- I showed uh, Colin um, uh, one of those pictures, and he laughed at me. So I don't think I'm showing anyone else. I would pay money to see that. Yeah, I had and... it in my in my face, blocking my eyes. Yeah, 
And in exchange, I could probably find an embarrassing emo picture of me to make it a fair <laughs> trade because I would be money. Like I would really want to see the streamed emo there. I even, I even like did the like I looked up and yes. I gave a serious face. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. into it. No, you have to show me that picture. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> But yeah, but like, so yeah, I mean, you know, coming back around to, uh, to it, like that's, that's where like, where, where I've come to. And I, like, I'm really at peace with that, like in terms of forgiveness at, at the very least, like I, I don't, I don't find a place in my, my heart for like anger or, uh, like vitriol, um, and, but, I, but not, that's not to say that there, there isn't a place I like, I personally don't enjoy that. And I think, uh, for me, it's it's been nice and healthy to uh to just cleanse that from my life but that also doesn't necessarily mean like uh like yes everything you did is fine and like uh yeah, i'm okay with that yeah see i feel like for me my approach was i can't be angry about this anymore so i'm just not going to be anything about it mm. i'm just going to cut it off completely and never think about it or care about it which is naturally the less healthy option mm. to actually coming to peace with things but um, it's the kind of thing where it's like, I know that I'm incapable of the forgiveness of some things for the most part, like I'll like, and like, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get me actually angry. It takes a yeah. lot to like, I, I'm irritated 98% of the time, but to get me legitimately angry is not easy. And so it's the kind of thing where it's like, there's some things I can't forgive and I just have to cut them out of my life. They're gone forever. Dead yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not the people in, the situation in the, in the game of life you are dead to me uh, yeah you know yeah. what you did and in this game you are dead yeah. to me <laughs> <laughs> um oh. all right i uh what do you think uh did we do we do a good job i think we did as good a job as what was ever gonna happen that it was a hot <laughs> mess probably and uh if you didn't like it i'm very sorry but i'm kind of happy you wasted your time on it <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I think people are gonna like this. Uh, we'll I feel like, and I, I don't know. and I feel like there's there's even more to uh, to dive into here. So uh, I feel like we uh, we should get you on again at some point. Yeah. So next time I'm gonna like lay on the couch, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll just like next week, like you'll just keep. You're gonna help me sort through this. Next time, next time we're gonna like go methodically through your childhood, mm-hmm. uh, just like a, a complete life story, Brent style. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can do it. But people are going to be horrified. <laughs> that's that's what people want. They want to be horrified. They want to be horrified. Perfect. Okay, so that's what we'll do. I'll come back. We'll go like in a detailed, like linear fashion through things, mm-hmm. and then I'll come back again and we're into you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Perfect. Um, well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Kirsten. I know this must have been uh, difficult to talk about on many different fronts. Uh, so thank you for for opening up, uh, especially knowing how difficult difficult it can be to uh to to be vulnerable uh and and you you're having to look at my face as we do this maybe we should have turned the video off so you didn't have to look at my no uh, i feel like it was face. better because i could see that you like truly care like you like, <laughs> I'm, like i can see i see there's emotion behind his eyes he's not really a robot guys it's all a lie see i i, I see, i'm just gonna cut that out like people can't Damn. know this <laughs> editing i forgot about uh, that <laughs> um so <laughs> Uh, thank you again. And, and uh, everyone, please uh, thank Kirsten. Send her uh, well wishes, um, uh, y- you know, uh, at the very least for the for the Big Brother stuff. Tell her uh, how much you uh, how much you love her. Yes. Aww. Yeah. Do um, it. <laughs> you know, where can uh, where can people find you? 
I am on Twitter and Instagram at Kirsten said what that's where I will talk to people I don't know please don't add me on Facebook or Snapchat those are my personal private things (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what what did you say Kirsten said what? Well, literally anything at any time. I feel like it's a common thing where people are like, like what did Kirsten say? Like, what? Like, that's the, like even like in my bio on Big Brother, they're like, what are you known for? And I was like, you know, like everyone's thinking something, but no one wants to say it. I say it. And that is a true fact. So Kirsten said what? There you go. You'll have to follow uh, me on Twitter to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so tweet at, uh, tweet at Kirsten. You can tweet at me at, at Armstrong Taryn. You sub- can subscribe to this podcast uh, because, look, if you missed this podcast, you're missing out, but you're also not hearing this. So this message is not reaching you. But if you are one of those people, I'm telep- I'm using my telepathy to inform you that if you were subscribed to this podcast, then you wouldn't have missed it because it would have downloaded and you would have been like, oh, it's Kirsten. Um, instead of, uh, you know, I, 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 what do people even do if they don't subscribe to podcasts? Wh- who, who does that? Who doesn't subscribe to podcasts? Uh, I subscribe to podcasts. I think the people who don't subscribe to podcasts are the people who don't listen to podcasts and they are missing out because what else are you supposed to listen to in the car? I don't understand. Well, it's weird because like I, people who listen to podcasts but don't subscribe to them, no. that that is weird. That, that Venn diagram is just two circles. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one of those people, uh, you're doing it wrong. Actually, if you're and, one of those uh, people, please send me a direct message because I want to understand you. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess theoretically, if you are just like checking, but even if I check a podcast out, that's I subscribe to it. Like I subscribe to the podcast. I check it out. If I don't like it, I unsubscribe. Don't do that. Unsubscribing is bad. I don't actually do it. Don't unsubscribe to this one. Because the thing about this one is that maybe maybe you haven't liked 35 of the Taryn shows, but you have liked uh, two of them. And so if you if you stay subscribed, you get those two. There's always going to be one that you're interested in and uh, you might not know it comes unless you're subscribed. Well, and even if you don't think you're interested in it, you should listen to the episode anyways, because there was like a few episodes where I was like, oh, I'm not too sure about this. And then I listened to it and half the time they're the funniest ones. So it's true. It's, listen, it really is true. Just put on um, three times speed if you have to. Yeah. Nothing to lose. It, and th- I mean, that's that's what I found, too, where it's just like sometimes I have no idea what I'm going to talk about with somebody and uh and then like there's always something interesting uh that i end up talking about um and you know maybe it's maybe it's only interesting to me but i feel like uh you know give them a shot start them up see how it goes it's always fun yeah all the cool kids are doing it it's true you you don't want to be left out if if you saw a bunch of people jumping off a bridge you, you would want to do it too. You got to jump off the bridge because yeah. all the cool kids are doing what? Do you want to be the only one left alive, but you're a big nerd? No, exactly. Come on. You can find, uh, you can also find us on Rob, Rob has a website.com. You can leave a comment there uh, and uh, make sure you check out all of our continuing big brother Canada coverage and all of that good stuff that's happening right now. But if you're listening to this in the future, it's not happening right now. It happened in the past. I'm sorry. You listen to it. it anyways. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. I will see you next time. Parents asking questions. Parents finding out. Parents looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Taylor Show. So you. Know.